Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JRPG Report. My name is Dalton Suter, and this is episode 231. We have a bunch of good news and, like, unexpected news for you guys this week, but we do have a negative. And I want to start with that, get it out of the way, like ripping the Band-Aid off, and I just want to you know, put this out there. Um, if some of you have listened to me on the Steam Machine podcast, you know that I can rant. I can rant with the best of them. And uh, I'm going to do my best to keep this as PG as possible. Might slip a little into PG-13, but I will not use any major four-letter words or anything. But uh, this news that just came out today that was brought to my attention in the Discord by one Jake. Okay, I wanted to make sure it was Jake. Um, and I do want to apologize if I sound, uh, if my voice sounds a little weird. Um, I don't feel great. I got coughed on by a little girl while I was stalking the other day at work. And, uh, yeah, it caught up to me. I bathed in, I bathed in some hand sanitizer after that, but it didn't, I don't, I guess it didn't help. But yeah. Oh, and, uh, while I'm thinking about it too, last week's episode, the way my voice sounded, I have no idea what caused that. <laughs> I do apologize. It was like listening to the guy from Relocated doing the JRPG report for you. So I do apologize for the, uh, the audio issue with last week. But I do want to say that it was announced on Twitter today from Corey Milliam Man, Corey, at uh, Milliam Man on Twitter, uh, M-I-L-L-I-U-M Man. Sorry for the silence since this since this start. Oh, I guess I should explain who he is. Um, he is a part of the group, uh, the Geofront team, I believe. They were doing zerofield.net. Um, they were doing the translation projects stuff for the Trails games that hadn't come out over here. And uh, he... Th- he tweeted out, sorry for the silence since this started. We wanted to keep things quiet, but in a community this tight-knit, speculation is going to get out there. Basically, what had happened, uh, to give you the context of this tweet, uh, oh, let me finish the tweet first. We've heard back, and NISA isn't willing to negotiate with us. They have clarified we have to take down all the sheets from Zero to Kuro. <clears throat> Kitsune, at Kitsune547 on Twitter said, hey everyone, a quick update. NISA has notified us about perceived copyright infringements on the Zero Field site and asked us to stop our work. We are awaiting further clarification and hoping to talk to them, but for now, the sites and spreadsheets are offline. So, basically, the Geofront project and what they were doing over there was that they were making it so you could use, like, a patch to put over, to put English translation into the games so we, over here, could play it. Because, you know, NISA likes to take their sweet, sweet time to release anything over here for us. You know, they're working on, was it, Kiro no Kiseki 2 over there, and we haven't even gotten Kiro no Kiseki 1, let alone we're getting Zero now, but no Azir yet. No, like, so these wonderful, wonderful people in the community, who, by the way, are not getting paid for any of it, went through in their own time and translated these games for us to be able to enjoy and NIS America is like, no, no, we're not going to have that. Now, I don't know if it's because they're planning on releasing those games over here eventually and they're worried about sales, but I don't know about you guys. If I were to get a game and play the translation of it and then they release it over here with an official translation, I'm going to play that too. Why? Because I'm a game fan and I like games and I like JRPGs. In fact, I love JRPGs, but to be this damn petty about it, that these these people they're just like shut down everything. Like if you go to the website now, 
which is zerofield.net. So this might be a different team than the Geofront team. I could be wrong. I, I thought I think that they're part of the same thing. I could be wrong. If I am, I do apologize. It's it's late. Um, but in any case, these people were doing something that NIS America weren't doing. And I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys. I'm 30. I would like to play Kiro Nokoseki before I'm 40. You know, like what in the world? And they just they just killed it. But here's what I have to say about it. Now I don't feel bad about how I got zero and a zero, and I'll leave it at that. And I do not feel bad about the things that I went through to get the translations for those games, and I did them, and I will tell each and every one of you out there that the internet will find a way, and these will still be available at some point. I can promise you, because nothing ever truly goes away on the internet. Perfect example of that was Pokemon Uranium. Pokemon Uranium was a fan-made game released on PC, made with the Pokemon Essentials for the RPG Maker XP, and it got a cease and desist from the Pokemon company. So you can't officially find that game anywhere anymore. It wasn't for sale. It was free. It was affecting Pokemon none. Pokemon makes so much money that it shouldn't have even been a blip on their damn radar. But you can still find Pokemon Uranium. It's still around. So I'm going to leave it at that. I am severely disappointed in NIS America. I am just disappointed that they would shut this down when they were fans that, I mean, again, they did all of this for free for the love of the games themselves. And this is going to be the worst thing I say in, in the show. And I apologize for this. And I might even bleep it in post. But it's like and I it's like NIS America just took a shit in the breakfast of each and every one of us fans. And I apologize for the language. I'm not going to use any more of the rest of the show, I promise. And James, if you're listening, I do apologize. But that's how I feel about it. I'm angered, and I know our Discord for the JRPG Report was angered. It's just, uh, just, just a bunch of fooey. And I hope that something good ends up coming out of this. And that's, that's what I'm going to leave it on. So, that's the negative. The negative is out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some crazy good news this week and let's just jump right into it square enix has released new information and screenshots for the strategy rpg remaster tactics ogre reborn which introduces tarot cards and creation uh, of characters elements and divine protection the eight elemental gods branching narratives and multiple endings units and classes and the battle system sing to me of a long time past a time when men answered to power alone ruled by steel steeped in darkness Sing of an age called Zydogenia. Tactics Ogre Reborn remakes the battle system of the game. This document will cover some of the new areas related to this topic, such as elements and the gods that govern them, as well as introduce some of the gameplay basics to provide a foundation for better understanding the new features and we'll be introducing in the next round of information. Why does Tactics Ogre deserve to be known as the crown jewel of tactical RPGs? Allow me to provide a brief glimpse. So tarot cards are traditionally used in fortune telling, but they are deeply connected to the Ogre Battle series, and Tactics Ogre is no exception. One particularly important role they play is in character creation. During character creation, after the player chooses a date of birth for the protagonist, Dinam, they will be posed questions from several, several of the 22 tarot cards known as the Major Arcana. Dinam's initial stats will be determined according to the answers of these questions. The elemental system from the original Tactics Ogre will be revived in Tactics Ogre Reborn. There are a total of eight elements, fire, water, wind, earth, darkness, light, lightning, and ice. As the final part of character creation, Denam's element will be determined by selecting which god appears in the myth of Zidogenia as he should seek the protection from. Units other than Denam will also have a set element, matching a unit's element with the 
element of magic or weapon they use will allow them to unleash even greater power. For example, if a fire element wizard uses a fire element offensive magic, they will inflict greater damage. The elements also have particular elements that they are stronger or weaker against. For example, wind is strong against earth, and earth is strong against lightning. The goddess of fire, Zoshanel. Zoshanel is the firstborn child of Bora, the celestial, and Anim, the terrestrial. Though this makes her the older sister of Philaha and Vasexa uh, and the others, she has always remained neutral, siding with none of her siblings. Even in the war against the forces of darkness, later known as the Ogre Battle, she maintained neutrality, providing no aid to Philaha. Yet Philaha did not begrudge her of this, knowing well that all of the gods and goddesses, none wielder, none wielded greater power than Zoshanel. Aware of the supreme power at her command, Zoshanel never sought to cast herself with one side or the other. Rather, she is said to provide whatever aid she can to those who seek her help and truly need it. Through the benefit, or through hidden beneath the helm and plate, the divine beauty of her countenance, and indeed her every future, is without compare. Greyoza, goddess of water. Greyoza is the child of Fora, goddess of air, and Vasaka, the goddess of sea. Like Ishtar, Greyoza was born spear in hand, clad in armor, and she commands a divine host 500,000 strong in service of Philaha. A dutiful goddess renowned for her jealous nature, she is said to take the form of a dragon and unleash terrible storms whenever her husband, Zamunza, god of the feast, is unfaithful. Like Hanala, she has been worshipped in Valeria since antiquity, and followers of the Vosk region who hold Greyuza foremost among all gods rever her as a symbol of vengeance and power. And those are just two of the gods that you can look forward to worshipping in the game. And in Tactics Ogre, the protagonist, Denam, will become the leader of his own order of knights. The individuals compromising this order who fight alongside Denam are known as units. And these units have a wide variety of classes, each with different abilities. Units primarily grow and become stronger by defeating enemies or being victorious in battle, purchasing equipment from the shops, or learning magic. The stats gained while leveling up are different for each class, and each class having its own characteristics. For example, intellect will increase more easily for a wizard, while a berserker will find it easier to increase strength, and a knight will find it easier to increase vitality. When you move into a location on the world map where enemies are present, you will enter battle. After selecting which units from the Nam's order will participate in determining their formation, your troops will deploy. After they deploy, allied and enemy troops will be placed on the battlefield together, and the battle begins. Tactics Ogre does not use a turn-based system. Instead, each unit acts in the order their recovery time reaches zero. Recovery time is calculated based on equipment weight, class, and actions taken. The order in which each unit acts continually changes, allowing you to enjoy battles with a deep sense of realism that fuses advanced strategy and intense drama as attack and defense by friend and foe interweave one another. And if any of that sounds interesting to you, Tactics Ogre Reborn is due out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam. November 11th. So Capcom has added a new event quest to Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, allowing players to fight against two furious Rajang at once. The event quest will take place in the arena and reward players with layered armor. The dual threat Revelry of Destruction event quest is available to all Sunbreak players for free. The quest takes place within a limited space of the arena and tasks hunters with juggling two monsters at once. A similar version of this quest appeared in Monster Hunter World Iceborne. The quest series is infamous within the community for its high level of difficulty. As such, it is recommended that players take advantage of the arena's temporary wall in order to segment two furious Rajang apart. One of the key differences between Iceborne and Sunbreak versions of this quest is in the completion rewards. In Iceborne, completing the quest rewarded players with the buff body-layered armor set. Equipping the armor set would give the players the appearance of a bodybuilder. 
In Sunbreak, however, the Quest Awards players with the Curio Crown, Curio Crown, excuse me, layered head armor. The Curio Crown resembled the horns of an expansion's flagship monster, Malzeno. The new Furious Rajan quest is one of the first event quests to release for Sunbreak, and the previous event quest involved a Blood Orange, Bishaten, and Aknosam, and rewarded players with It's Over gestures. Furthermore, this followed the expansion's first free title update, which added several monster variants, including the Gold Raytheon and Silver Rathalos. The next free title update will arrive in late September 2022 and add the Flaming Espinas. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is available for PC via Steam and Nintendo Switch. And the Furious Rajang event quest is available for download via Sinri the Mailman. So in the latest numbered entry in the Disgaea franchise, Disgaea 7, it will come out in Japan on January 26, 2023. Information on the character systems and settings are available on the official Disgaea 7 website. There is no information on the English localization as of yet. Shocker! The setting is reminiscent of ancient Japan and follows the story of a girl who dreams of the Bushido and a boy who hates the Bushido. <laughs> so far, Nippon Ichi Software has revealed seven characters who will appear in Disguise 7. However, the only main protagonists, or only the main protagonists, Fuji and Pirarika, have profiles. Fuji is a demon who is cruel, lazy, and stingy. He has a self-proclaimed allergy to empathy, and when he feels emotions like love, friendship, or sympathy, he spits blood and faints. The heroine is Pirarika. That is a strange spelled name. Uh, who is also a rich girl, uh, from the Wahi Makai. She is a serious otaku from the Hinamoto Makai and has the wrong impression of what Bushido is. New systems that will appear in Disguise 7 include Dodeca Max in item reincarnation and online rank battles. Rank battles will be against AI rather than an actual human, though. Item reincarnation is similar to the existing reincarnation system in the game. However, instead of characters, you can turn items into weapons and vice versa. You can make your own legendary weapon in this system. Finally, Dodeca Max is a new system that will allow you to turn characters into giant versions of themselves. This includes printies as well. You can open up huge treasure chests while in this mode as well as defeat multiple enemies. This guy's segment will come out January 6th, or excuse me, January 26th, 2023 in Japan on PS4, PS5, and the Nintendo Switch. More information will be appearing in the near future. So, Karakawa has announced that Sony Interactive Entertainment and Tencent subsidiary Sixjoy Hong Kong Limited have bought a minority stake in developer from software. The purchase stock amounts to approximately 36 billion yen, making up 30.34% of the company's stock. The purchase was finalized on August 31st, 2022, after a meeting of executives at From Software. Specifically, both companies are spending a combined... 36,399,550,000 yen. After the purchase, Sixjoy will own 16.25% of the company, while Sony will own 14.9%. Excuse me, 14.09. I know that makes a difference in, in percentages. From Software's parent company, Katakawa, will continue to remain the majority stakeholder, holding 69, nice, 0.66% of the developer's shares. Founded in 1986, From Software has created numerous award-winning titles across several generations. Notably, the company has a close relationship with Sony since the release of the PlayStation 3 exclusive Demon's Souls in 2009. Since then, the company has created several several popular franchises, including Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and its most recent game, Elden Ring, which our listener Hans has been harping forever that these are JRPGs. They're RPGs made in Japan. So they're JRPGs. So, and I agree with them. <laughs> Furthermore, uh, Tencent and its Japanese subsidiary Tencent Japan have also had an ongoing relationship with Katakawa. Back in October 2021, Tencent announced that it would invest 
$264 million in the Japanese publisher. The two companies are working jointly to promote Katakawa's anime and games worldwide. Tencent holds a large stake in many game companies like Epic Games, Riot Games, and Solial. The purchase of From Software's stock will officially go through once Sony and Tencent pay their total cost on September 7th, 2022. And speaking of From Software... They have restored online servers for the PC version of Dark Souls 3 as of August 25th, 2022. The news comes after a group of hackers managed to find a major security exploit in the game's code earlier this year. From Software also announced that the servers for PC versions of Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls Remastered will also follow suit at a later date. Back in January of 2022, a group of white hat hackers found an exploit in Dark Souls 3. The security exploit would reportedly allow hackers to remotely execute commands on any player connected to the Dark Souls 3 servers. After bringing this to the attention of From Software, the company decided to shut down the game's servers. As many games in the Dark Souls franchise share netcode, this also resulted in PC servers of Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls Remastered going offline. Over a half a year later, it appears From Software has managed to fix this issue. As such, From Software announced that it had finalized its investigation and countermeasures. Similarly, similarly, my goodness, I'm sorry, I can't talk tonight. I'm, I don't feel good and it's late. I apologize. Uh, it is currently working on applying countermeasures to Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls Remastered. From Software has added that it would inform players once countermeasures have been applied. And if you would like to check this out, Dark Souls 3 is available on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So more Square Enix news. There's going to be a lot of Square Enix this week. <laughs> Square Enix and Tri-Ace have shared a new trailer for Star Ocean The Divine Force as a part of their mission report series for the title. And it, this installment introduces a new playable character the antagonist, its skill system, and a few more options available to players in battle. As Raymond and Laticia fight against the Velo Empire to save Laticia's kingdom of Arcerius, they reportedly encounter the Virian faction. Raymond recognizes them as a threat early on, since they recognize Duma, D-U-M-A, and therefore this leads Raymond to believe that they aren't from the planet his spaceship crash, or his, yeah, his spaceship crash landed on. His assumptions are well-founded because the trailer shares that these Varian are involved in the Empire in some capacity. Gaston Garcia, Lola Jonas, and Velenge Garful are three Varians that comprise this antagonistic faction. A new playable character is introduced after the reveal of the Varian faction, Machia Trathan. She comes from an ancient race known as the Trathans who lived on Nilbeth. Machia and Midas have a history that players will learn about as they play through the game. She is also familiar with Leticia and Albion when they were younger. Next, the mission report details how Machia fights in battle. She specializes in distinct melee style. Trathans are able to extend and contort their limbs, which allows Machia to deal melee damage through enlarging and stretching out her limbs like a whip. That's awesome. We're going to have a Mr. Fantastic style character. That's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> Several more gameplay details are shared for Star Ocean the Divine Force. Players earn SP as they level up characters. They can utilize SP to either strengthen their current skills or access a skill tree and learn new ones. Some skills are highlighted, including ones they, that don't directly deal damage, such as Raymond's Intimidate skill that demoralizes nearby enemies and Nina's Hide skill that allows her to freely roam the battlefield undetected so she can strike from an advantaged position. Teased in the previous mission report, they shared some of the preliminary details about Duma. Players can power up Duma's abilities as they as they collect Duma points throughout the world. A handful of Duma's skills were revealed in the new mission report, including Extended Scan, Guardian, Extended Lock, and more. Players execute super powerful attacks with the Duma through vatting. A vatting gauge gradually fills up as people fight, and when it's full, characters can unleash a devastating attack with Duma. Duma grants people a powerful defensive tool as well with the VA Barrier. 
Holding the VA barrier button during combat activates the barrier, which can repel incoming attacks and can even cause the enemy to flinch. Finally, players can detach Duma from their characters in the middle of combat so it can provide defensive status enhancing effects throughout the battlefield through the Asteri cage feature. Some of these effects include decreasing damage by 25% and allies will no longer flinch as easily. As a trade-off, activating an Esteri cage means the allies are not able to use VA or vatting through its duration and the VA gauge will stop rising as well. Star Ocean the Divine Force arrives on October 27th for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. And again, publisher Square Enix and developer Livewire have released new information and screenshots for the life simulation action RPG Harvestella, introducing more of the story, the game cycle, fall locations, more on jobs and combat, and more. A meteorite-like object blazes through the sky and falls into the north of Leith Village. A wounded omen is found inside the object. Omens are said to be the root source of the calamity befalling this world. The protagonist begins their new life living in a vacant house on the hill and watching over the omen. You will always wake up in your bed at home. Whether you choose to work the fields or to go adventuring, your activities during the day are entirely up to you. However, the actions you take can and will become more limited as you start to feel sleepy. Make sure to go home and go to sleep before the night is over. And the fall location of Leith Village, a village in the vicinity of the fall seas light and near to the hill known as Bird's Eye Bray, where the protagonist makes their home. Since Leith is reasonably close to all seas light, it experiences the four seasons. There are all kinds of useful shops in the Leith Village where you can find everyday essentials or making preparations before setting out on an adventure. The way to the fall seas light passes through the Hegon Canyon, characterized by its striking foliage and that blazes a deep crimson. In pursuit of a girl who departed for the seas light, the protagonist heads into the depths of the Hegon Canyon. And then there is also some information about omens. Uh, Deanthus is an omen, the race said to be the cause of the quietus. As she heads towards the fall seas light for her own purpose, she becomes unavailable, oh, excuse me, unable to move in Hygon Canyon. After being saved by the protagonist, they continue towards the fall seas light together. Omens are hated and feared by humans. They cover themselves in thick armor and carry out investigations on the seas light. Although their motives are unknown, and because of this, a good number of people suspect the omens are behind the occurrence of the quietus. The omens are shrouded in mystery. Just what is their objective? So as far as jobs go in the game, jobs have unique weapons and use characteristic abilities and skills. By recruiting a character with a certain job, the player-controlled protagonist will also be able to use that same job. That's kind of cool. Like Once you add them in, you become able to use it. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, a job that utilizes science and martial arts, the Assault Savant, it can use skills to switch the attributes and effects of regular attacks. And that was just an example of a job that they had given. Um, stronger enemies, such as bosses, will have four types of elemental weaknesses. Or they can have four types of elemental weaknesses. Attacking their elemental weakness fills up the break gauge that will increase damage towards the enemy and enable you to activate a one-time-only special attack during battle. And respective elemental gauges are located at the top left of the battle screen. The gauges will be in a, quote, break state once they are filled up, enabling you to afflict more damage on enemies. You can also learn special attacks by strengthening your bond with your comrades, and special attacks can be activated once break gauges adjacent to each other go into a break state. And there's special fall produce, of course. Some produce can be harvested all year round, while some kinds of fruits and vegetables can only be harvested in a particular season. Savor the seasonal work on the farm, and the cuisine particular to each season. 
Some of the fall produce includes lantern pumpkins, which look awesome, by the way. You should look these up. (laughs) The rainbow bean, the royal eggplant, princess chestnuts, and some of the cuisine that you can look forward to is lantern pumpkin gratin, which looks amazing, leith king uh, Leith Egg King Cake, which looks good too. Uh, all these look delicious. Tomato and Eggplant Cheese Bake. And a Mont Blanc. Mont Blanc. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, plus many more kinds of produce and cuisine that they have not announced yet. And you will sometimes receive letters in your mailbox. They might contain pres- presents from the mayor or words of thanks from people that you've helped. Some letters may even lead you to the start of a new story. In the area around your house on Bird's Eye Bray, you can keep a pet. Or even rear livestock. Ride your pet to Totokaku to travel quickly around the world map. Your Totokaku isn't just for travel. Hey, sometimes it might dig something up for you. Feed your Totokaku and help it grow and become stronger. And as it levels up, it will be able to do more things for you during travel. And of course, like I mentioned, that you could raise livestock. If you build the animal pens near your house on Bird's Eye Bray, it will allow you to rear Clough owl and wool looms. Rearing livestock allows you to obtain eggs and milk, which you can then use for your cooking. In addition to eggs and milk, there are certain things that you'll be able to obtain by raising your bond with your livestock. You can increase the number of livestock you can look after by building more animal pens. And if any of this sounds interesting to you, like it does to me, Harvestella is due out for switching PC via Steam November 4th worldwide. And we have a new Pokemon to look forward to in Scarlet and Violet. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company have released a new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, introducing the toxic monkey Pokemon, Grafaii. Uh, Grafaii? It almost looks... It's G-R-A-F-A-I-A-I. Grafaii? Grafaii. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, In Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, they are set to launch November 18th for Nintendo Switch. In case you missed it, you can check this trailer out. Uh, following a mysterious set of images revealed on the official Pokemon social channels, the Pokemon Company International has revealed details of a newly discovered Pokemon found in the Paldea region, Grafaii, the toxic monkey Pokemon. Grafaii is a moody Pokemon with a fastidious disposition. It doesn't form packs, preferring to roam alone, and it is constantly caught up in territorial struggles with other Pokemon. Grafaii specializes in using its poisonous saliva which changes color depending on what the Pokemon eats, to attack foes by spitting at them or slashing at them after coating its claws in its saliva. Grafaii is nocturnal, and once the sun sets, it licks its hands and fingers to cover them in poison and uses them to draw patterns on the trees in its territory. The poisonous saliva is used to paint paralyzes bug Pokemon, which are drawn to the saliva's sweet, fragrant scent. And this little guy looks awesome. He's like a little... Looks like a little monkey with a lucha mask on, even though I know it's not a lucha mask. It's just what it looks like to me. And his fingers are all like pink and blue from his toxic spit and stuff. It looks really cute. Uh, he is a poison normal type. He's about two foot four. He weighs about 60 pounds and his abilities are unburdened and poison touch. So I, don't know, I thought that was cool. New Pokemon. I always love when there's a new Pokemon announced. So Xseed Games and Marvelous Europe have announced that action RPG Trinity Trigger will launch in North America and Europe in early 2023 for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Developed by Three Rings, Trinity Trigger was originally announced earlier this year, published by Furyu, uh, Furyu, and set to release September 15th in Japan. The action RPG features multiple weapon types and skill combos, as shown in its debut Japanese trailer. So just a rundown. Exceed Games, the independent-minded publishing brand of Marvelous USA Inc., today announced Trinity Trigger, an all-new action game... Oh... Sorry, let's play an all-new action role-playing game from developer Furiyu, and we published in North America on the Nintendo Switch system. 
PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5 in early 2023. Trinity Trigger features a star-studded group of RPG developers, including world-building artist Yuki Nobateru, character designer Raita Kazuma, and scenario writer Yura Kubata, and composer Hiroki Kikuta. Trinity Trigger is an all-new action role-playing game combining the look and feel of iconic RPGs of the 90s with an emphasis on fast-paced, customizable combat. Players take control of three young heroes as they attempt to defy fate and save the content of Trinitya. Accompanying them are the Triggers, strange creatures with unique ability to transform into eight types of weapons that the player must master if they hope to be, be successful on their quest. Whether playing alone or with up to two friends via local co-op, Explore diverse biomes and dungeons, strategize to exploit enemy weaknesses, and change your destiny. In a forgotten age, the gods of order and gods of chaos have challenged one another for dominance in an epic clash that spilled out from the heavens to the continent of Trinitia. These clashes almost destroyed the mortal realm, leaving massive powerful weapons known as the Arma embedded in the ground. The gods ended their direct conflict as a result, with both factions choosing a quote-unquote god-warrior to fight in their name instead. One day, Cyan, a young man living a quiet life, discovers that he has been chosen as the warrior of chaos. Saddled with a cruel destiny, Cyan sets out with Elise and Xantis, two companions compelled to guide him on a journey to save the world and defy the gods. So if that sounds good to you, that sounds awesome to me. <laughs> it will be coming out for Nintendo Switch, PS4, and PS5 in early 2023. And uh, before we keep going, let's just use this time right now to hop into a little bit of a break and uh hear a word from our sponsor all right we're back and square enix another under the news from square enix square enix has announced voice of cards the beast of burden set to release digitally on september 13th for playstation 4 nintendo switch and pc the beast of burden is the third entry in the voice of card series following the isle of dragon roars and the forsaken maiden new entries to this new to this entry is the ability to trap monsters into cards and use them as skills in battle so here's a little uh overview that they have have up on their official website square enix today revealed that voice of cards the beast of burdens an all-new title and third edition to the unique voice of cards card-based rpg franchise is launching digitally for the nintendo switch system playstation 4 console and pc via steam on september 13th 2022 told entirely through the medium of cards voice of cards the beast of burden is a standalone experience that newcomers and fans of the previous iterations can enjoy voice of cards the beast of burden brings players to the illustrated world presented through a medium of cards as the third release in the voice of the cards franchise now giving players the ability to trap the monsters that they defeat in cards and use them as skills in battle follow a new tale set in the world where a millennia of hatred rages between monsters and humans and a girl who loses her home and swears revenge on monsters she joins hands with a mysterious boy as they set out into the unknown and unravel the fate of this broken world. This truly unique gaming experience brings back the creative minds behind the previous Voice, card, voice of Cards games, beloved Nier series and Drakengard series, including creative director Yokotaro, music director Kaichi Okaba, uh, Okabe, uh, I might have said that wrong, probably did, and character designer Kimihiko Fujisaka. Fans of Yokotaro can purchase a digital deluxe edition set which includes the Voice of Cards, Beast of Burden game, and several DLC items styled after the award-winning mobile RPG Near Reincarnation, including decoration of those in Cage, Handbook Pattern, Mama Avatar, Story Collector's Dice, The Cage Board, an Aid Table, Melody of Reincarnation, and a Pixel Art Set. Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burden will be available digitally for Nintendo Switch Systems, PS4 console, and PC via Steam September 13th, 2022. Pre-orders are now available for Nintendo Switch and Steam. 
Players who purchase the game now through October 3rd will receive the Iron Avatar DLC, which unlocks an avatar design with a lustrous iron color, and the Somber Girls Abstract Pattern DLC, which unlocks a card with the reverse patterned after the view, uh, after the back view of the game's heroine as an early purchase reward. And more Square Enix news. Square Enix has opened a special website for its Tokyo Game Show 2022 schedule and lineup. The publisher will be showcasing new and upcoming games such as Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, Forspoken, and Romancing Saga, among others. Furthermore, the in-person booth will allow players to get some first-hand experience with these titles before they release. For those unable to attend, Square Enix will also be hosting a live broadcast over the course of the four-day event. Tokyo Game Show 2022 will be held from September 15th to September 18th, 2022 at the Makohari Mesa in Tokyo, Japan. Square Enix plans to host both a physical booth as well as live streams during the event period, and these broadcasts will showcase games including Star Ocean 6, Valkyrie Elysium, Harvestella, The Diofield Chronicle, Dragon Quest The Adventures of Dai, Nier Automata EOY Edition, and Tactics Ogre Reborn. The live streams will also feature prominent developers and guests, as well as the return of popular segments such as Final Fantasy XIV producers Naoki Yoshida's A Stroll with Yoshi P. Yoshi P is the man. I love that guy. Some of these segments will be pre-recorded and others will be only available with Japanese audio. Fans can follow the streams via Twitch, YouTube, and Nico Nico, with YouTube being the only platform with official English support. So keep your eyes out for that September 15th through September 18th. So the next story is the biggest story of the week. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to read this uh, in succession of how it played out over the last week. Okay, so you're going to get a lot of information here in the next few segments. The development staff behind Wild Arms and Shadow Hearts is in the process of two new large-scale JRPG projects, Penny Blood and Armed Fantasia to the End of the Wilderness. The team has used its past works as inspiration for both. Armored Fan- or Armed Fantasia has clear elements of Wild Arms, while Penny Blood draws influence from Shadow Hearts. They are both Kickstarter projects with donations opening on August 30th, 2022 in Japan. Akifume Kaniko from Wild Arms returns to write and design Armed Fantasia. He also has gathered the same staff, such as character designer Tomomi Sasaki, and Armed Fantasia combines elements of Western with fantasy and punk elements. In the world, there are huge mechanical weapons, arms, Aether Reaction Maximizers. These are absolutely necessary to survive in the dangerous wilderness. Arms can react to and enhance its user's Aether or magical energy. The story of Armed Fantasia follows Ingram, who, wa- who wanders the world, excuse me, who wanders in a world that is slowly but surely turning into a desert. Not only is the environment treacherous, but there are kaiju attacking the land as well. Ingram reunites with his childhood friend and decides to wander the world as an adventurer. But through his journey, he finds out the world's hidden secrets. Armed Fantasia will place emphasis on solving puzzles, and you will need to combine your skill as a player through reflex and character control and your wits to get through the dungeons and massive world map. It will have a turn-based battle system. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. And then, like, I, I can't even I can't even begin to explain that one of the first conversations that we had in the JRPG Report Discord was how I wish that there were more, like, gothic-style JRPG games because, like, I don't dress like it anymore, but I am a goth at heart. I love gothic music, gothic movies, the gothic aesthetic. If I could have my entire house be a big black castle, I absolutely would. And if Arm Fantasia was a Western punk game, 
then Penny Blood is a gothic horror RPG. It takes place during the 1920s and follows Agent Matthew as he tries to solve a gruesome mystery. Like Shadow Hearts, the story will take Matthew from America to Asia and then Europe. The story starts with a private detective, Matthew Farrell, being hired to investigate a bizarre incident at a New York mental hospital. When he got there, he saw a group of rampaging monsters, and when Matthew was about to be killed, he transforms into a monster himself. In order to find out the truth of the case, Matthew goes on a long journey across the world and meets friends that he can trust. Like Armed Fantasia, Penny Blood has a turn-based battle system. Yes! However, you will need to combine strategy with fast reflexes and actions. Similar to Shadow Hearts, there is an SP, or a sanity point, system. If you lose all of your sanity points, your character will go berserk and you can't control them. But, as a result, their attack greatly increases. Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood are in development, and to guarantee that the projects will happen, they must reach their goal of $750,000. There is a quote-unquote combo meter, which means that even if you donate to one project, you will help fund the other one as well. So that was first. So then, a few days later, Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood have successfully been funded on Kickstarter. <laughs> like, a day later or so. Let's see. That first one, that was on August 30th. Yeah, August 31st. Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood have smashed their console stretch, stretch goal and are officially coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series alongside PC. A Nintendo version will also be available if new hardware is out by the time of release. So, in just like the past week, they have raised over a million dollars to make these games. And I am just so, so happy about that. And then we got some gameplay. So some more gameplay player, some more gameplay trailers have come out for Penny Blood and Armed Fantasia. The development teams and creatives behind Shadow Hearts and Armed Fantasia are working on these two games. I think they meant Shadow Hearts and Wild Arms are working on these two games and are crowdfunding on Kickstarter. Penny Blood is a gothic horror JRPG that uses a lot of familiar elements of a Shadow Heart players, while Armed Fantasia is a Western punk style. The campaign met its initial funding goal of $721,520 within a day of launching. At the time of this writing, the current take stands at $968,939, with 30 days to go in the campaign. So we already know that that broke a million. Just tremendous the trailer for penny blood shows how matthew walking through new york or shows yeah how matthew is walking through new york in the 1920s you can also see how battles work in this game like shadow hearts there will be a judgment ring system where you have to perform skill checks before actions there will also be a fusion ability though it's unclear how you will obtain them and what role you will play in the lore arm fantasia doesn't have its own trailer but instead it is a part of the double kickstarter announcement the trailer starts with Akafumi Kaneko lounging around and spinning a wheel to see what she sh what he should do. After the short skit plays, it plays the trailer for Armed Fantasia. And while there is a trailer for Penny Blood right after, it's the exact same one as the one shown above in this here article, which I did retweet by the way over at JRPG Report on Twitter. Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood are in development, and those interested can back the projects via Kickstarter. At the time of the writing, it has reached over. 1,250,000 CAD surpassing its goal. Stoked. Absolutely stoked. And the final news this week is from D3 Publisher, and it has updated the website for Samurai Maiden, adding new details about the game's characters and the combat mechanics, in addition to revealing each character's backstory and voice actress. The, samurai, or the website also dives into the game's devoted heart romancing system. Touted as a girls' sword-fighting action RPG game, Samurai Maiden features a cast of four main characters. The main playable character, Sumugui Tamuroi, uh, Tamuroi uh, is a 
schoolgirl from the 21st century. However, she is suddenly transported to the Sengoku period during history class. Oh, it's kind of like the uh, magic school bus or something going on there. Luckily, she learned swordsmanship at her grandfather's dojo. The Japanese description of her character notes that she is popular with girls, but is seemingly unaware of this fact. Her voice is Yuki Yomichi, who voiced Koguma in Super Club. Other characters include ninjas Io, Hagane, and Komimi. Miko Ito, who voices Miko Nakono in Quintessential Quintuplets, voices Io. Sumire Uesaka, who voices Hayase Nagatoro in Don't, to- Don't-, in Don't Toy With Me, my goodness. Uh, Miss Nagatoro voices Hagane. Uh, Miyu Tim... Oh, man, I am so bad with these names. Miyu Tomita, who voices Miko Inyo in Kaguya-sama Love is War, voices Komimi. Samurai Maiden's combat involves a combination of swordsmanship and ninjutsu. While slashing through monsters, Sumagi is capable of summoning her ninja allies and using their abilities. Additionally, Sumagi can also initiate the forbidden devoted heart technique. It is activated through physical contact with Kissing her ninja allies being the strongest way to boost her power. <laughs> I love it. However, there's a caveat. Players must start with the simplest forms of affection before graduating to full-blown kissing sessions. As as you do. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta make your way up that ladder. Samurai Maiden is in development for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. And the game will release sometime in winter 2022. Owners of the PS4 version will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for free. And that is going to about do it for this week's episode of the JRPG Report. Time for what I like to call the house cleaning. <laughs> yes, I have called it wrong for so long that I just keep it that way. If you'd like to find us over on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash the JRPG Report. Uh, I, I'm not very active on Facebook these days. Um, I just kind of got tired of the platform. But if that's where you mostly get your stuff, let me know, and I will try to be more active over there. Um, if not, you can find me on Twitter at JRPG Report. And if you'd love uh, to support the show and and help me out, um, Patreon.com slash the J, uh, slash JRPG Report, and uh, you can come join the Patreon. You get to check out the Let's Plays, which I'll admit I'm behind on the Let's Plays because of work and stuff, but I'm 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 gonna get on that uh, my next two days off. And you can join the Discord, which is the biggest thing is our little community over there. Everyone is super cool. We would love to have more people come join. Uh, I believe that the lowest tier is a dollar a month. Um, it may be $2. If it is $2, though, I'm going to drop it down to a dollar. Cause I just want people to just, you know, if you can just throw a buck to support the show, that would be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Um, or if you want to throw more, if you want to support, you know, support the show more, I would really appreciate it. You know, it, it really helps with bills and things like that. Um, like these wonderful patrons, these wonderful, wonderful people, Kim C, Jake W, Shout out to Jake for the bringing the story to my attention this week. Uh, Jordan K, Kularian, Taylor F, and Master Loot. You guys rock. Um, and if you would like to hear more of me, you can check me out bi-weekly on the Steam Machine Podcast. It's a PC gaming show where me and my buddies, Nate and Willie, the Destructo Brothers as I call them, uh, we play through our, our, our backlog of PC games. My backlog for PC, you don't even want to know how big it is. It is long ladies and gentlemen very very long um but yeah we right now we just played through batman arkham city and now we are diving into the the other spectrum of superheroes and we are doing spider-man remastered since it just dropped for pc 
So yeah, if you're interested in that, come and check us out. Also, we've done plenty of JRPGs. So if you'd like to hear us talk about those, you can go through our backlog and check them out. I'm sure we have another one coming up soon with uh, Persona 5 Royal for PC coming out on the horizon. Uh, Best believe I'm going to make those boys play that game at some point soon. (laughs) Uh, Also, if you want to hear uh, more of me as well, um, weekly, you can check out me and my buddy Jeremy. We have yet another BS podcast. Uh, But fair warning, it is not safe for work. It is not as family is nowhere near as family friendly as this show. (laughs) You think what I said in in the angry rant in the beginning was bad? boy you have no idea but uh i do thank you all for listening this was episode 231 of the jrpg report and here's to 231 more you all rock and do me the massivest of massive favors that you have ever done for anyone get back out there level up